Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast today. We have a really interesting show for you. We're going to cover quite a few topics with my guest today. We're going to touch upon something called Perception Kung Fu. You are also going to learn about a healing method called Topican. We're going to touch on what it means to be a highly sensitive person. And I think we're even going to hear a story about my guest's past life on Lemuria and how in this lifetime she is here as an earth angel to bring about healing. So let's get to the show. My guest today is Dr. Karen Can. She is a medical doctor and also a doctor of light medicine. She is a number one international best-selling author, visionary, and pioneer in the fields of healing, consciousness, and spirituality. Her mission is to empower spiritually conscious people to harness their intuitive healing and manifesting superpowers so that they can reach their highest vibration and help anchor in a brand new reality of love, joy, peace, and harmony for all. As the founder of the Academy of Light Medicine, Dr. Karen teaches her students a three-step healing method. Again, this is called Topican healing method, which involves aligning with the source of divine wisdom, asking quality questions through divine muscle testing, and activating high vibrational healing frequencies. She is like Yoda from Star Wars, training you to be a self-healing Jedi master. I absolutely love that. Dr. Karen, welcome to the Path Love Podcast. Oh, thank you, April, for that warm welcome and introduction. I'm so happy and excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here too, because we're going to, I think, learn quite a bit. You have a really interesting background and the way that you have kind of come to do this work. And I know that you yourself suffered some things within the physical body that you later overcame. And I believe you've written a couple of other books. There's another book that you've written about that. I was wondering if we can start there. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey with some of the things that you have gone through that now has you? becoming a doctor of light medicine. Yeah, thank you. Well, I was one of those typical Chinese first-generation kids from Canada that went to medical school. Like I think 90% of all my friends who were Chinese went to medical school or dentistry school or some professional school. But I really, really love medicine because I love the science and the people and helping people. And as we'll be talking about in a moment, highly sensitive people often feel this uh, deep urge to to make a difference, to to feel like they're they're doing some sort of service, even from when they were really, really young. And I was one of them. I think at age five, it's like, well, what would you like for Christmas? I'd like world peace. It's kind of weird stuff like that. Not Barbie, but world peace. <laughs> so some of us have grown up like that. So medicine was great. However, the medicine and my body being highly sensitive, not so great. So all those nights on call and all the pressure, the people dying and, and, and having a lot of depression and anxiety. And I just 
didn't realize I was absorbing all of that as a medical student and then practice. And I just, I think my beliefs too, was that it was all about other people. So I was over giving, under self-caring, and uh, I didn't really know who I was. I was just trying to be better at everything. I was like, I now say I'm a recovering perfectionist. So unfortunately, that attitude and the, the rigors of medicine broke my body down. And I, I didn't help myself because I didn't do the cushy job. I had to go to underserved areas and, and work for 17 days, no, no break, things like that. Uh, so my body broke down and my marriage was falling apart. And so I ended up with the, 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 the sensitive soul type of illnesses, a fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, depression, anxiety, multiple chemical sensitivities, gluten sensitivity, EMF sensitivity, and the list goes on. So I was really down and out and really, I actually wanted to end my life. But one night when I was crying myself to sleep, I heard a voice. The voice was not like a voice out here, like a ghost or something like that. It was like a voice internally. And it just sounded like me, except a very calm version of me. <laughs> and it said that you have a choice. And I was arguing with it, saying, no, I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't. And it just kept repeating, you have a choice. And so finally, I kind of, with its persistence, gave up and said, okay, fine. Like, if I had a choice, what would I do? So I decided, I thought, okay, well, what would I do? I could get a divorce, I guess. <laughs> like, I could figure out how else to heal myself. Since as a medical doctor, I tried all the other things that were in Western medicine and, and it was working. In fact, I was shocked at how horrible the side effects were of these antidepressants that I started to take. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can't sleep. And I was like, and, and I, I give this to people? Like, I was just so shocked at it. So when I finally committed to going and healing myself, I did get the divorce. I started learning about more natural medicine, supplements, nutrition, started taking Reiki and receiving energy healing and learning more about the esoteric things and psychic development. And I was on a roll. I mean, it took me two years, but two years is very fast when you look at all these people that are currently disabled from all of those things. And, and so then I wrote my first best-selling book, A Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach, which is a tome of 417 pages of holistic advice of body, mind, and spirit. And then I just started working with more and more people. My patients, I noticed, wow, they're a lot of them are highly sensitive too. Go figure. A third of the population, according to research, is highly sensitive. And that those that's who was attracted to my practice. So as I started to learn about, wow, this is what I did. Let's try it for my patients. They started getting better and defying Western medicine, whereas they were told they had to get their thyroid cut out or they would never heal from the MS. They had to take these injections or else or those kinds of things. And they were healing. And then I taught them to do what I do. And that's where the power really was. And, and that's the most exciting thing for me right now is teaching other people to do what I do, that light medicine where we can really tune in to our inner wisdom, ask quality questions, and then activate some pretty amazing healing energies that apparently I was gifted in Lemuria. And now the pretty much the entire world has also been activated, which was, by the way, my sole mission in that timeline, which I did not accomplish because Lemuria was destroyed uh, before I could finish. But in this lifetime, I was able to finish that mission. So I'm on to other missions now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so much in there. Okay, well, 
since we ended on Lemuria, what is Lemuria? Where is it for people who are like, what, where, what is she talking about? So tell us a little bit about this past lifetime. How you, how did you even come to learn about the fact that you're from Lemuria or that you had this mission? I'd love to kind of hear this spiritual awakening to that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, as I was learning to heal myself, one of the modalities that I was learning was the body code and the emotion code from Dr. Bradley Nelson. And it really revolutionized the speed of healing. I learned how to muscle test really quickly, ate all that information up. And one of the, one of the conferences we went to with Dr. Brad and his family, he talked about entities, which are like dark spirits or, or low vibrational spirits. And the funny thing is like half the people wanted to run out of the room because they were so scary. The other half, like me, was like, ooh, tell me. And what was really interesting was as I started doing smuggle testing, I was looking for a mentor, teacher, friend, because the whole entity thing was so interesting, but there was so, such limited information. So I read every book I could. And finally, a woman just called me out of the blue and said, hey, I'm the daughter of Dr. So-and-so, your colleague, and guidance told me to call you. And is there something I can do to serve you? And which was such a weird conversation, wow. like this woman out of the loop. Her name's Tamara Joy Patterson. And I said, okay, well, you know what I could really use is an expert in entities. And I really thought she was going to run away. <laughs> but she goes, that's my favorite topic. There you go. I was like, oh, it is. And there for a while, like I would just call her and go, okay, now I have questions. It's possible that blah, 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 right? And she'd go, yep, yep, yep. And then she would teach me some things and closing the astral connection for people that aren't ready for all that information. If they're, they're, they're getting too much psychic information, it's actually in my book, Sensitivity is a Superpower, that particular exercise she taught me. And one day I was doing this big, long you know, conversation, if you will, through muscle testing with, with source, with my angels, with my guides. And I was asking, okay, so what exactly am I doing? Cause I'm, I'm doing things outside of the body code. So, so is there a thing, like, is there a title? Is there a thing for this? And they said, yes. And then uh, I got that it was from a past life and I just thought, okay, well, you know, it was that what what what's going on with past life and so from all that in inquiry i found out that i was from Lemuria, that i was some sort of healer and that i was supposed to spread this activation healing uh, energy some people in reiki would call it an attunement so so people can attune to those higher frequencies and that was my job in the mirror through a big blue crystal i was supposed to activate the some sort of lines or energy lines in the earth and I, I'm thinking I'm nuts, right? You know, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm writing down that's the information. I'm like, I'm just freaking nuts. I, I, I don't know. You know, this is just so weird. I knew nothing about Lemuria, Atlantis, none of that stuff. So I thought, uh, well, so I, I called the timer up and I said, uh, something about you. This is kind of weird. She was like, you want? No, I said, well, kind of getting that I'm from Lemuria, like. I don't really remember anything. It's just that I was supposed to do something that I didn't do and I'm supposed to do it now. And I don't need the big blue crystal anymore. And so I just pause and think, she's going to hang up on me. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, I know. I said, what? She goes, yeah, I know you're from Lemuria. And I said, well, you didn't tell me. She goes, well, I figured it was better that you discover it yourself. So that was very confirming, validating, whatever you want to call it. So then I finally got to accept, okay, so I'm not crazy. <laughs> so there is something to this. And I'd asked further questions, like, for example, who we know as Jesus was actually personally attuned 
by Archangel Raphael in these energies, if you will. And so was I in Lemuria in that lifetime. And then we actually attuned other people. And then in the past, we would touch someone to do that, either their hand, their heart, and then we would do the attunement. And you could also do it through crystal, hence the trying to do it through ley lines or whatever I was doing in another world before it was destroyed. As far as where is Lemuria, I have no idea, except that I just interviewed someone <laughs> that knows about Atlantis and Lemuria. And Lemuria is kind of like the older, was older, and both were destroyed apparently by a volcanic activity. I got destroyed by nuclear weapon. It was, was placed in the volcano and it's somewhere in the Indonesia area. So it's funny because one of my friends, Kathy Holmeyer, she, she's Lemurian as well. And we're different species. Lemuria is huge. So we were different species and I found out more information about that. And what's really interesting is so many people that I work with who are highly sensitive have soul types, if you will, that are from these other timelines. So Lemurian timelines, Atlantean timelines, other alien timelines like Pleiadian and Arcturian and even Reptilian and, and the, the positive vibrational soul that they were in that timeline has come to help out, if you will, and evolve humanity. So I'm surrounded by these amazing, beautiful, sensitive souls. Some who don't know who they are yet, which is one of the reasons why I wrote the book, because I actually have a soul mission template in here that you can muscle test to figure out what your soul mission is in this timeline. And uh, so we, the healing methodology is an extension, human extension of what I did in Lemuria. And we're, we were able to attune the entire planet with the exception of maybe 4% of humans who they have to play their so-called low vibrational role in, uh, to help us evolve. But other than that, everyone has the power, if you will, the attunement of these energies. It's just a matter of learning how to use them, how to harness them. And even though the book is about sensitivity is your superpower, kind of some foundational things about helping us not be so sensitive and our symptomatology. I actually created a whole other program to help people learn the healing modality to, so they can you know, heal even faster than they were before. Wow, that is so fascinating. I love it. And you talk a lot about muscle testing. So pretty cool in your book that you have this protocol that you can do. So um is it called uh, kinesiology or is that a different type of muscle testing? Yeah, it is called applied kinesiology in the you know professional realm. Uh, a lot of times that refers to two-person muscle testing where one person presses down on the other person's outstretched arm to unlocks or unlocks. Yeah, a lot of people have experienced that. Dr. Bradley Nelson, his book, Emotion Codes, fantastic for showing you the Six, five or six different ways of, of muscle testing. So the body sway method is the easiest one to learn. And so I've described my version of it in the book, step-by-step. Step. Highly sensitive people have a little bit of, it's not really an Achilles heel, but sometimes they have difficulty muscle testing. Like the children have no problem, right? But, but the adult sensitives are like, ah, oh, I can't get answers. And the reason is because they're feeling so much of other people's stuff. And so we do a little bit of a correction at the beginning of the divine muscle testing beforehand, just to make sure they're them <laughs> and, and to make sure that they are going to get more accurate answers. So it's a, it's one of the biggest chapters, but if somebody does learn the muscle testing for themselves, it is so powerful. There's so many questions you can ask. And that's where the Topican healing method comes in because I, created templates on what to ask <laughs> and how to ask it for deep healing. And we've had amazing answers, which is every time I'm like a spiritual investigator, right? So I'm trying to figure out what is going on with this person. Like I had one person 
who actually we were working on her vitamin D levels and vitamin D levels were just normal, like, I mean, ideal, but her body kept saying, I need more vitamin D, I need more vitamin D. And uh, it got to the point where it was actually a little on the high side, not dangerously so, but I'm like, why does your body, you know, body saying you need vitamin D? So as a medical doctor, I put my medical doctor hat on. I said, well, well, vitamin D is a hormone. Maybe the receptor's not happy. Maybe it's not being absorbed into the cells. And that's exactly what it was. So we asked the question, how happy are your vitamin D receptors? And it's very unhappy. So then we asked the next question, why is it unhappy, right? And we found through Topican Healing and the guides that we have, which are paper guides, actually, they're little like charts here. So we found out that there was a curse. There was a curse in her, I can't remember, mom or dad's side of the family. It was like 80 generations back. I mean, that's a long time. Wow. 80 times 20 years. Like you can imagine a really long time on that line, a lineage. And we were able to release the curse for the entire family. Her vitamin D levels settled down. She didn't need such high doses anymore. And, and it's amazing when, especially as a medical doctor, when you see the lab results, mm. you know, of what you're doing. Because sometimes, like I said, you do feel a little nuts, right? Okay, we're releasing curses now for maybe generations back, right? But then you see that mm. people can have better lab work. They feel better. Their lump is got whatever it is. And so that, that's where it's so, so exciting. Yeah. So let me just dive into the muscle testing a little bit too. When I learned it, I learned it through a technique through the teaching of Donna Eden's work. I had a, a teacher that was teaching Donna Eden's and it was kind of similar, like you said, two people, somebody testing your arm. But then I met a couple of other people that taught testing where you could do this body sway, where yeah. you ask your body, show me my yes, show me my no. You have the indicator and you ask your body questions. There was another woman that I met, she would use her pointer finger and yeah. muscle test that. And then another muscle test was kind of making the okay sign and yep. trying to pull your fingers through when you were asked questions. And correct me if I'm wrong, but is the point of muscle testing is that your body cannot hold a lie. So if it is weak or the muscle is easily able to press, then it's, that would be a no indicator saying that it's not true. But like the testing that we would do, I would say, my name is April and I would test my muscle. My muscle would be very strong as a yes indicator. And if I said, my name is Karen, my muscle would go weak because that, that isn't truth. So my body cannot hold anything that is not of truth. That's how I came to learn and understand it. I don't know if that's correct. So I would love to kind of hear what you think about it. Yeah, I would give a slightly more, a, a little bit, maybe more in-depth uh, perception around that. So we're tapping into our um, inner wisdom or inner source. Ideally, now some people will that tune into their subconscious. So some people think it's the same thing. I have separated that in a way. So Dr. Brad, for example, talks about connecting, talk to your subconscious because your subconscious is like, it's like a tape recorder. Wow. Are you old enough to know what a tape recorder is? Just kidding. The kids are like, what? <laughs> anyway, so it records everything that's ever happened to you. So it has that knowledge and beyond. But Topican Healing, we have found that the subconscious mind sometimes has a misperception of something. And so we just go straight to source. We just go straight to the creator, if you will, the zero point field to get all of our answers. Now, is it possible that you get a wrong answer or that's not true in muscle testing? The answer is yes. So it can, you can't get a wrong answer when there is uh, what we call leading energies or bias. Now the bias may be very subtle. 
So it could be that like somebody has gone through a lot of, or seen, for example, that their, their mother's gone through a lot of trauma with the men in her life. So they may have this underlying thread inside them that goes, men are not trustworthy. And sometimes this can override a muscle test and make it inaccurate. And it depends on also what you're testing too. Like, for example, I can't tell you how many times people have tried to muscle test the lottery numbers. <laughs> okay. So my version of why that does not work is because one, you're attached to the outcome and that messes your muscle testing and messes with the accuracy. And the other is that, is that going to evolve your soul? Mm -hmm. It may for some people, but for the majority, we're here to evolve. And if that action is not for your highest and greatest good, your guide team, God team, whatever, they're going to distort your answers so you don't get it right. Because, I mean, it would be so easy for all of us to be millionaires or multimillionaires right now, right? If we could all win the lottery, if it was for our highest and greatest good. So, and sometimes, sometimes we get answers that are true in that moment, but aren't true necessarily in the future. Like, for example, I had a muscle tested and being at a very high level of muscle testing, there was a healer that I was uh, kind of gaga over. And, and he said, oh, yes, well, I can heal whatever, whatever the, the remaining symptoms that you have and all that kind of stuff. And I did this interview with him and he was very charming. And he said, okay, well, it's going to be $11,000 for these five sessions. I said, okay, well, let me figure out where I can get the money, but you know, I want to do it. So I, I muscle test, is it for my high school? is good to hire so-and-so. For these sessions, the answer was yes. And I said, okay, so I'm trying to figure out how to do it, right? So I thought I'll just ask Tamara Joy just as a side, because a lot of money, right? For my right. sessions. So uh, I said, okay, well, this is the name of the healer. Just curious if you don't mind. Could you like give me another opinion? And without telling me what to do, she says, well, with anyone that you want to work with, do you want to make sure that they are aligned with divine source, love, light, and truth to the best degree? And I thought, oh. But at that point, I had just measured like light scores of people, how aligned to divine light they are. I never really thought about divine truth and love. Well, that might be important. So I did do muscle testing and I found that divine truth and love were lower for this person than myself. And I thought, hmm. so then I asked more better questions. I said, okay, is it for my highest greatest good to pay this healer to do the healing? Yes. Okay. Is it because he is going to help me with these remaining little symptoms that I have? No. I was like, well, well, that's the whole point. I want to hire him for, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, if that's not why it's for my highest degree is good, why is it for my highest degree is good? So I'm guessing at this point, <laughs> I'm testing, testing, testing. Well, long story short, it was for me to learn discernment. Yeah. So I said, okay, can I learn discernment without paying $11,000 to a healer who's not going to help my symptoms? The answer was yes. <laughs> I was like, yay. So I said no <laughs> to the guy, right? Right. right. But that's so, so sometimes the quality of the questions delving deeper, like mm -hmm. somebody might say, well, gluten's for my highest ingredient or eating this bread's for my highest ingredient is good right now. Right. And the answer may be yes. But then they have a reaction go, well, my, my mental testing says my highest grade is good. And I said, well, did you ask why it was for your highest grade is good if you on some level thought that maybe you shouldn't eat it? <laughs> and yeah, maybe they were just attached to eating it. But maybe it's for their highest and greatest good so they don't have to deal with the fallout of their mother being angry at them, okay, for not eating the bread. She just, so there's sophist more sophisticated ways. So yeah, it's a long answer to your brilliant question, but that's that's the degree of sophistication. So it's not necessarily black and white. There are some exceptions. Right. 
And it sounds like too, to continue to fine tune the way that you're asking the question and yes. and getting it to the point where you can get the most accurate answer. I, I had a teacher once say that when you are kind of consulting with the divine intelligence, it's like a Google search. If you were to search in milk chocolate, you would get a thousand million things that come up in the Google search, milk chocolate. But if you Googled, what is the recipe to make homemade milk chocolate? You then narrow your search down because you become right. more focused in your intention and you're asking for something more specific. Right. Absolutely. And sometimes what our human minds think is not for our highest and greatest good is actually like, for example, a friend of mine got arrested in Canada for uh, being friends with another, what we would call a freedom fighter or something like that. And uh, so I said, do you mind if I do a little mini reading here? Because obviously it's very stressful to be arrested. <laughs> sure. So she said, sure, anything you want to do, right? So I just, I asked the device, am I allowed to know? That's the other thing. Sometimes we're not allowed to know because we need to learn something, evolve something, figure something else out or experience something. We can't, people vessel test because they, they want to skirt risk. And that's not life. Sure. So, so in this case, I asked permission and I got permission from source to get the actual answer. So one of the sophisticated ways we do, it's not in the book because it's in the Topican Healing, it's a little bit more sophisticated, but we ask, what is the divine path score of my friend and her friend getting arrested for, for being a freedom fighter? And the answer was like 99%. <laughs> so it was for the highest and greatest good they get arrested. Now our minds would go, well, why is that good? Like they got arrested and they didn't do anything wrong. In fact, you know, she told me about all the trumped up charges they had that were completely false, like like crazy. Like, And uh, first of all, I got to realize, wow, they do that. But second of all, I was like, okay, so if it is for their highest and greatest good, am I allowed to know why it's for their highest and greatest good? And I got a yes. So I go through a bunch of questions and the answer was for leadership. They needed this for leadership. So I shared it with them. And they said, oh, totally resonates, totally resonates. And I was like, phew, okay, right? Come to find out now her, her friend is the head of an organization for the country that is leading this freedom movement. Yeah. So had she not been arrested and, and built herself up to who she really is right now, she wouldn't be this famous person who is making a huge difference to millions of people. So you see how sometimes the answers we get, you may not be the complete picture, but there's qualities, better quality ways of asking that. And sometimes we're, we're not allowed to know until we experience something. Right. Amazing. Yeah. And that speaks to, too, a lot of times when we're going through life and an obstacle comes, it may feel really hard to get through and it can be really hard to see why this is happening. But if you think about probably all the conversations that you've had with your clients, you yourself and other people, people tend to say, well, I went through this, but if I had to do it again, I wouldn't change because it made it because once you're on the other side of it, 2020 vision, you're able to see, oh, okay, now I understand why that happened in my life. It really made me grow or it really changed yeah. my perception on things. So to not be so scared of, of those bumps along the way. Great. Okay. I'm so glad that you kind of, you know, clarified all of that too. So let's talk a little bit about this perception Kung Fu. All right. How did you come up with that name and what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I am a Kung Fu student in Wing Chun Kung Fu. And it's very interesting how life, art imitates life. You probably, you know, your listeners probably heard of that as well. And um, in the Wing Chun Kung Fu, 
which by the way was uh, created by a woman which is the other reason i like it it's very efficient it's it's not it's not all that fun to watch in terms of some there's a tournament or something like that because it's so simple there's no fancy flying kicks no boards being broken i mean nothing like that and one of the things we do in my light warrior training camp which is live and in person uh, we actually demonstrate the concept because this concept actually is so useful in our lives. So in this uh, training camp, we actually, my, my husband, who's the teacher, demonstrates a, he's running at me with a kick, okay? And so as he's doing that, so we, we you know, ask the students, okay, so what are your options here? <laughs> what are your options? Well, one person says, well, you can run away. Okay, great. One person says, well, you can block the kick, right? So those are your, yeah, most people think of those two things. Now, the kick represents obstacles in our life. Things that come, like we're like going for a pot of gold. So in the training camp, we actually have someone over there, okay, who we're supposed to get to who represents the pot of gold. Our goal is to get as close to that as possible. But yet, my husband's running right at me, right, against there. That's how people perceive their obstacles, right? So it, we could run away, which a lot of people do. So, and then, and I didn't realize this till not, not that many years ago, where whenever we wish for something or we love attraction, we want to manifest something, we have our intention and our vision board, all that kind of stuff, the universe rearranges itself and gives you whatever you need in front of you to overcome the old stuff in the past so you can get to where you want to go. So obstacles are supposed to come in your way. <laughs> like people don't get that, right? Like I didn't get that for a very long time. So the, they're like, oh, the minute I try to do something good, I have an obstacle. I'm like, yeah, because it's trying to grow you to be the person to receive, you know, what it is you want. So this obstacle is going to happen in some way, shape or form, but you have some options. You have either running away, but in our camp, people can clearly see that when I run away, I'm further from the pot of gold, right? Right. So then people say, well, you can block it, right? So I'm blocking and blocking, right? And I'm like, do you think that gets old after a while? Yeah, <laughs> that could hurt, right? If I'm, if I'm not quite accurate, like I could get hurt. So there's a third option and that's where the Kung Fu, in Wing Chun Kung Fu, what we do is we go closer to the opponent, but we angle ourselves. So they're now facing this way and we're facing them. If we want to attack, we can. It's a very simple move, right? But what happens is I'm now closer to the goal. So perception Kung Fu is really about shifting our perception Instead of saying, well, this is bad, it shouldn't happen, right? Or woe is me, I'm a victim, oh, I'll give up, all these kinds of things. It's really to really embrace our obstacle as the way. There is a book called The Obstacles the Way. So that is the way. So in Perception Kung Fu, we actually demonstrate that in like 3D with, with Kung Fu in, in our training camp. It's really fun because <laughs> people get the concept and then we go running at them with the kick. We don't hurt them, obviously, but they're like... And, but they, we teach them the Kung Fu move and they're like, oh my God, that was, that was kind of easy. And so it's just a, a way in which we can re-perceive our reality to, okay, if this obstacle, no matter how horrible it is, was meant to serve us, then I can't wait to get to see what happens and we can shift our perception. And that's the reframe reliever. We talk about that in the book as well. The reframe reliever is making up stories sometimes of how it could be for our highest and greatest good, even if we don't really know in the moment and we're frustrated and it's not working as long as we can see okay we it, it's supposed to help us i don't really know how it's supposed to help us right now but instead of being a victim i can go okay 
So how do I reperceive it? And that's where that stillness through observing internal movement exercise in chapter four, which is like the most important exercise in the whole sensitivities or superpower book, gets us to be in that place where we can settle down, connect with source, connect with that zero point field. And sometimes that guidance will just drop in very subtly and help guide us to how do we overcome this? And then when we overcome it, like you said, a lot of times we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that happened. Like, I'm so glad I got fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, all this autoimmune disease, because I never knew back then that this could be healable. (laughs) Now I do. So I could share that good news and, and share with people how to do it. So what I love about this perception kung fu, what, what I'm hearing in it too, is it's really changing your perception around the fear. So if somebody is coming at you or life is coming at you and it's going to kick you, there's a little bit of fear of, is this going to hurt? (laughs) Somebody's coming at me, but again, shifting the perception, shifting the way that you're, you're approaching it, right. Or the way that it's approaching you, you're moving over a little bit to the side, but going towards it is similar to like looking at your fears, go to the fear, go like, don't run away from it but meet it and see what it have to teach you. So I kind of feel like it probably is a very great tool to have in managing the frequency of fear. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of my favorite stories is just me being, literally I made myself afraid by watching a scary movie. Talk about that in the book. And, and I, I was so afraid I couldn't sleep for three days. I mean, it was it was terrible. I just kept seeing that ghost scene in my mind over and over and over again. They used some special effects when they it was first new. Now it's sort of like run of the mill. But and and I just decided the second well, it took me three days to fall asleep. But when the sequel came out, given that the first time I tried meditation, omings, the Kalundalini yoga, progressive relaxation, I tried everything I knew to do and it didn't work. The second time I got scared out of my mind watching the sequel, because I had to watch the sequel. I decided just to be scared. So in this, what you're talking about is literally facing the fear. So I just went and thought, well, gosh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, just gonna be scared. I'm just gonna lie here in bed. I didn't sleep last time. So I'm just gonna lie here and be scared. So then at that moment, I tuned into my body to, to just be curious to go, I wonder what it feels like to be scared, right? And then I felt like all of a sudden, like a light switch, my attention was on the body and the body was like vibing so big. My heart was racing. I thought the bed was moving. I really was convinced the bed was moving. It was so intense. And I thought, oh, I did not feel that a moment ago. So I just kept watching it and just kept feeling the vibe just through my body. I'm just going to be scared. So vibe, 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 vibe. And you know what? Fell asleep. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's an example of addressing our fears is because otherwise it gets hidden in different parts of us and different parts of our body and can cause all sorts of havoc, right? When we try to avoid uncomfortableness or discomfort, sorry, that's the word. If we try to d- avoid discomfort, then it just hides in different places and we never really get rid of it, uh, even right. though we think we do by putting a smile on our face. Yeah. So I want to circle back around kind of to the beginning of your story in the beginning of this podcast with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, um, the Hashimoto's and taking a look at the immune system, because some, some of those diagnoses is kind of like Western medicine says, well, we don't quite know what's wrong with what, what is wrong with you because we can't really see it per se on, on some stuff. So it must be this or must be that. And I've heard some people say that 
those are more somatic diagnosis that it is connected to more of the emotional self and like the emotions kind of manifesting with the chronic fatigue and the fibromyalgia. So can you talk a little bit more about the mind-body connection and what are your thoughts on those diagnoses being more somatic in nature? Well, definitely fibromyalgia has gotten a bad chronic fatigue syndrome. They used to call it the yuppie flu in the 80s. They didn't really know why these professionals were getting this. And um, some of the older doctors, uh, when I was training, really felt fibromyalgia was just a mental, you're pretending it's all in your head, right. just fix yourself, which was very disempowering to the patients because they felt really, really horrible and they were doing the best they could. And my mom actually had fibromyalgia as well. So right, I kind of had that bias a little bit. Like I thought, oh, mom, you should just try to exercise or try to eat better, whatever, until I got it. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a second, I'm doing all of that already and this isn't working and so i think that it's thank goodness at least they I, uh, not everybody but most uh, western medicine does acknowledge a huge somatic component a huge emotional component but they don't know what to do with it mm. they don't know how to guide people and here's the thing just because western medicine does not have the correct test to diagnose what's really going on it doesn't mean that it's not real mm -hmm. there are other sophisticated uh, instrumentation that can test these sorts of things can test the energy that's in the adrenals and, you know, the kidneys and all the different organs. And you'll see that they're very low. And in Chinese medicine, which we've known, gosh, at least 5,000 years old, right? And it's very valid. People get better. Right. They've taught that the energy comes before the physicality. So if our energy blueprints are distorted, we don't have enough chi or life force, which is the difference between a dead person and a light person is life force because the anatomy is all there. Right. So what's the difference? Right. Then, you know, then the person can't get better and can't. Get, so we don't do that in Western medicine. We we have some more sophisticated equipment now. But interestingly enough, the equipment that can make a difference for these people with chronic illness, Western doctors don't use them. They think they're valid. But the reason they're not valid because or they think that's not valid is because the whether it be the American Medical Association or whatever, they just haven't approved it for, for use. But here's the thing is sometimes people say, well, I, I think you're listening to conspiracy theorists or these doctors, like they're, they're FOS, like full of sh right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think they're, they're lying and I don't think they're telling the truth. And I think the government's telling us the truth and yada, yada. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. First of all, who is curing and healing diseases? Okay, like chronic diseases, like diabetes, heart disease, okay? Why would I listen to a doctor who's never done that versus a doctor or a bunch of doctors who have, right? That, that doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to go and listen to my colleagues who are actually reversing illness, who are actually curing things, who are actually making a difference in people's lives. Whereas in Western medicine, we weren't taught to disease, really, just the right. symptom. So now with divine muscle testing, the really cool thing is when even this, the, the newer sophisticated machinery can't pick it up, we can pick it up. Mm -hmm. So for divine muscle testing, for example, somebody says, well, I've been diagnosed with Lyme. One of the questions we ask is the body, if we're allowed to know, how many different infections does this body have right now that we can heal that, you know, that they've ever had in their entire life that is not yet resolved. And sometimes we get a humongous number, like 11 or 15, it freaks them out. But <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's just been hiding in the hiding places. My doctor did a Lyme disease test and I'm positive and I have a co-infection. And then we can ask, well, to what degree is that healed in the body? 
right? So there are things that even the instrumentation, how fancy they are these days, even though the Western medicine use them, and only holistic doctors use them, we can ask much more sophisticated questions and follow people along over time in their healing process. So people can do this stuff. They don't need a $25,000 machine. Right. You know, and to figure it out. What are some of those machines outside of, I mean, the muscle testing is one thing that you have access to, everybody has access to, but what are some of the other testing that you see the other doctors using that Western medicine isn't? Yeah, there's various different ones. They all all different kinds of sophistication. Some do like heart rate variability. Others do, I can't remember all the names of the, where you put a supplement on the little pad. It tells you whether it's for your high screen is good. Electrodermal screening is one form of it. There's other like quantum machines. Some of them require a lot of training because it's so complex. There's one that my friend Ken Rolla does that uh, he goes to a practitioner in Florida and I think it's called a QXEX or something like that. Anyway, but it requires a lot of training for the practitioner how to use it because it's it, it requires some quantum. I haven't done it, so I can't really describe it. That machine actually can actually pick up on uh, subtle energies, which is what we do in Topic and Healing. We can check whether there's an entity or an alien in your presence or something like that. They can actually do that with that machine, which is the first machine that I've heard of that can do that. Wow. But it is a very expensive machine, right? And right. the training takes a really, really long time. But, you know, with Topic and Healing, we can get to the answer very, very quickly and get to the solution much more quickly as well. And not to say that these things machines aren't helpful because in Topican Healing, you could obviously ask, would it be for my high screen is good to see this practitioner? Right. Right. Because there could be something else that you need, maybe that connection with a human that would be for the highest and greatest good. Wow. Fascinating. Well, we covered so much ground. I mean, there is just so much in here. Thank you so much for just taking this ride with me and going from one subject to the next to the next. And I know that you're offering our listeners a free gift. Would you like to explain what that is for them? And we're going to put this in the show notes for everyone. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Thanks, April. So this is a really fun little quiz that I created. Uh, It's called the Sensitive Soul Type Quiz. And a lot of people are interested to know, hey, do I have other lifetimes as, as an angel, as a, what we call a star seed or star person. Do I, am I an indigo? So we actually have this little quiz. It's for fun. So it's not like a diagnosis or anything like that. It's for fun where you can answer just a few questions and give you a gist of who you might be, like your soul type. Now, Topican Healing, we actually teach you how in detail in that course, you know, how to extract what exactly who you are, what kind, how many souls you have. For example, I have two souls. Um, one soul's angelic, so that's the earth angel soul. The other soul is a merging of two souls, a star seed and a light being. Sorry, sorry, I did this wrong. The angel and the Lemurian soul is one being, and then I have a star seed soul, which is a light being their timelines. And so I have actually two souls in this body timeline. So I can extract from the wisdom of the souls. So, (laughs) but the soul typing is fairly simple. You're not going to get into multiple souls, but it'll give you the dominant energy for the most part, depending on how you answer the questions. And then it'll give you like a little blurb of what people who have the soul are like. And uh, it's funny because I know it's fairly accurate because I had people test it, some good friends of mine. And some of them were crying because it just spoke so much to them. They, it's like somebody finally saw who they really were, which is cool. And then there's a, a freebie in a freebie. So the, the free quiz, there's actually a sensitive soul guide. So for people that are highly sensitive, that are struggling right now with feeling too much, there is a very simple PDF guide where we kind of start you understanding who you really are in terms of your sensitivity. So it's not like 
problem, that kind of thing. So we talk about the three mistakes that the souls make preventing them from really living a free life. So they can get that, you know, freebie if they want to. And at the end of that, there's also an offer. They want to dive into the sense of soul course, the SOS course, which we talk about the muscle testing, talk about like how to clear your field. And a lot of that actually is in the book as well. So yeah, so lots, lots of stuff that people can kind of dive into. Great. And I was so excited to hear that you are located in Lake Placid, New York, because that's pretty close to me. And I know we have a lot of New Yorkers that listen to this podcast. <laughs> so, and can you all, yeah, I hope you all come to the Light Warrior Training Camp. Everyone <laughs> has another training camp. Let's talk about that. Yeah. When, when are you going to hold that? Well, usually it's held in the fall. And then last year we decided to do it online because uh, we have so many international folks that wanted to to be in it and, and the flights and it was a mess trying to get them here. So we decided to online. It was actually really successful online. It was actually quite amazing. So basically the Light Warrior Training Camp is the, ver the basically is the training camp for the book. So some people are really good at reading the book and like doing the exercises on their own. But a lot of other people are like, uh, it's better if I'm in person, if I actually learn it with other people and learn like, cause we have a, a little healing that we do healing by proxy props, transformational telepathy, weather magic, cloud sculpting, which is our version of telekinesis. So we're, we're sharing with people, not just how to do it, but you're actually going to do it in class. Wow. So, so that way you, you have that confidence. I can do this, right? And we also do little mini healings you throughout those five days. So it's like a five day camp. And it's this year, depending on timing and all that kind of stuff, we're hoping to have it in September at the Lake Clear Lodge, which is just like 20, 30 minutes from me, from Lake Placid. It's a beautiful resort. It's got a lake with an incredible high vibrational vortex in it. So just, we actually go in the lake, uh, weather permitting, <laughs> we actually go in the lake. Actually, we change the weather. So 99% of the time, it's fine. We go into the lake and we do a little healing and meditation in the water. It's very powerful. And we just, and we're just fed with this amazing high vibrational food. Cause my friend who owns Lake Claire Lodge and Resort actually is an energy healer herself. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Yes. So, so you, yeah, you're just immersed in this high vibe, rustic, but high vibe environment and people just love it. So I'm really excited to, to do that again in September, but live this time. Oh, it sounds wonderful. All right. I'm going to write that down. We'll see. Maybe I'll, I'll meet you in person. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that looks great. Sounds great. And can you just give our listeners your website where they can find all this information, more about you, your trainings, your book? Okay, great. Well, KarenCan.com. So my name, K-A-R-E-N-K-A-N.com. Sensitivities are superpower book actually has a thousand dollars bonus gifts. So you can just click that link to find out more about how you can get the bonus gifts for getting the book. And then we made a special link for your listeners, karencan.com forward slash path 11. So all one word path 11, and that will take you straight to the quiz. Also, you can do the sensitive soul type quiz. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I learned quite My a measure. <laughs> and uh, I hope everyone listening really enjoyed this. And remember, if you would like to watch the episode, you can watch it on path11tv.com. We always have the podcast, the video podcast up there for free. They're usually up there for a couple of weeks. And then uh, we move it to the our YouTube channel. But we take the video down and it's just on 
video. So if you actually want to watch and see the people, the beautiful people that I'm speaking to, then you can go ahead and find that free podcast on path11tv.com. So take care, everyone. I hope that you're taking good care of yourself and I will bring you another fantastic guest next week. Take care. Thank you, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com. And be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.